Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself questioning why work so hard to barely be squeezing life in. So that I wouldn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my terms from the inside out, which is what enabled me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating my way through the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hello, hello, everyone. This is Heather Mulder, host of the Life in Law Podcast. And today we are talking about something that comes up a lot with my clients, especially in the early days of our coaching. And it's something that came up very recently with a new client and her experience, kind of her aha moment and self-discovery in this area made me want to record today's episode for you. So let's just dive right in. How often do you find yourself saying or even thinking things like, I have to do this. There are no other options. This is the only way. I have no choice. We say these things all the time, don't we? And you probably say them internally without even realizing it. Or just assume it. Don't even say it. Don't realize your brain is telling you these things. You just kind of act as though there aren't really any options. There's no choice. This is it. This is the way. And we do this for big and small things. Now, it's more obvious when we're looking at big things. So when we're really unhappy where we are. And we think, well, I don't have any other choice. I haven't been here that long. I need to get more on my resume before I can do anything about it. So I just have to gut up and deal. When making decisions about our career path or about big, a big relationship, maybe, maybe our marriage, maybe a friendship that seems to be fraying, we feel like we have no choice but to do the one thing that, that's on our mind, Right. We also often do this whenever we are facing something that feels risky or where we have a lot of fears, often because of uncertainty. So let me tell you kind of a quick story about that client that I just mentioned a minute ago. We had had our first coaching session, and in that session, we talked about, you know, making choices moving forward. And she's more senior now. She's, I think, in her 10th year of practice she knows she wants to build a book of business. She wants to make partner. She should be up for partner within the next year or two. And we were talking about, you know, how to build her practice her own way based on her values, based on the industry that she wants to be in, based on the type of people she wants to work with, all of that. And that that's how I coach my clients, my business clients, because you do definitely have a choice in that area, regardless of whether you realize it or not. A couple of days went by after this first session. And she emailed me. And that email was really interesting. So here's basically what she said. Heather, I still can't get over how simple this idea is that I control what type of legal work I want to do as far as my own business development goes. This simple reframing is changing my entire perspective. My legal career has mostly involved me ending up in certain roles by circumstance 
and then doing my best so that it could hopefully lead me toward a better opportunity. I started law school during the financial crisis and felt lucky to get a good job offer right out of the gate. Not everyone did, and it took a lot of persistence to ensure I had one by graduation, even though I was in the top 10%. I feel like finally, after 10 plus years of patience and just putting my head down and doing good work, I can be at a firm I've always wanted to be at, and now I have the opportunity to work on higher level matters that challenge and excite me. So she recently changed firms. And now feels like she's in the right place for her where she can build her practice, make partner, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So in hearing that, you might think, well, of course she has more choices now. She has lots of choices. She's 10 years in. She has experience. But in your first couple of years, you have no choice. I would actually argue with that. Just because you're in your first couple of years doesn't mean you have a, don't have any other choices. Now, true, she is more experienced. It does give her even more options. But it doesn't mean she only had one option when she first came out or during her first couple of years. The truth is there were other options for her. She just might not have been open to seeing them all back then. Now, I want to make something clear because I hear this, I call it an excuse, but I hear this reasoning a lot by clients and even people who I talk to um, who aren't clients around this issue when choice comes up. Even if, when looking at all the options that truly do exist, you choose to do the thing that you thought was the only option at the beginning, if you still make that choice, that doesn't mean you're in the same place that you would have been had you not opened yourself up to all the choices available and done a reality check and a risk assessment for everything. You can still choose the thing that you were defaulting to before you realized you had other choices. And that's okay. What I'm saying is there's always or almost always more than one choice. And by opening yourself up to the fact that there are other options, it's not just one default choice that we tend to assume is really the only choice. By opening yourself up to that, by accepting that they're there, by identifying what they are, by thinking through your options, you are empowering yourself to make the best decision possible. And you're giving yourself more control. This is one of the ways to start feeling more in control of your practice, your time, and your life. That's why this is so important. So at the end of the day, it It's okay if you choose the thing that you were going to default to in the first place without looking at your other options. That happens. But I will tell you that when you open yourself up to this, you empower yourself. You start looking at all your options. You start assessing risk more appropriately. And we're going to get into that in a second, what I mean by that and how to do it. I guarantee that that default position Yes, will be the default, the the thing you choose upon occasion, but over time, it will be the decision you make less and less and less because you're going to become braver. You're going to face down your fears when doing this, and you're going to, over time, stop allowing those fears, those uncertainties, those worries, those doubts stop you from doing the things that you want 
most to be doing. And you're going to realize that there are other options that you would prefer. This concept for me was super powerful when I realized it. It was about four and a half years, four to four and a half years into my career. It is the reason I ended up reevaluating where I was at the time and ended up taking a different position by year five and went actually to a bigger law firm where I could build my own practice and frankly, the practice I ended up enjoying and really wanting. This was career changing for me. And it's what also enabled me when I started getting that kind of tickle in the back of my head around, Heather, you've changed, cancer has changed you, you need to kind of reevaluate why I finally opened up to it and why when I realized I don't want to practice anymore, I want to coach, I want to consult, I want to help people on a more individual basis. What enabled me to go there, to start looking at the other options and eventually take that step out of law. Not saying that's what you're going to (laughs) do, but this will really, truly empower you to start living your life more fully and to start doing more of the things you say you want or that you're thinking about in the back of your head, but you're too afraid to do them sometimes because you feel like, oh, there aren't any choices. When we tell ourselves, oh, there's no choice, I don't have any other options, what it usually really means is... Those other options feel too uncertain. They feel too scary. I don't know what they mean. They're a big change. Don't know if I want to go there or can go there. And remember, I've talked about this before, our mind builds up all these fears, worries, doubts, tells us all the worst possible scenarios that could go wrong, which often leads us to be destitute and without anything. And it's ridiculous because it goes too far. And so when you give yourself the power to open yourself up to those other things, you start to see, okay, in reality, that's not going to happen. I have choices. If this turns out to be the wrong decision, there are things I can do to turn things around much more quickly. I can make another decision. I can learn from it. I can move forward differently. I can continue to course correct. And you'll actually see that. So that's why this empowers you so much. We don't even look at those other options. We don't even, when we tell ourselves there's no choice, by allowing yourself to go there, you can then more fully see not just all your options, but what you might do if things don't go as planned, how you might make course corrections. And it really does tamp down some of those fears because your mind goes into problem solving mode, which you're good at, by the way. You've been trained for that. And it can start giving you energy, increasing your own confidence, allowing you to face some of those fears and make these decisions that you've kind of got in the back of your mind, but never quite go there. All right. So how do you actually then do this? So here's what you do. Get out a piece of paper. I find it best to write this stuff down. It brings more clarity. It helps you to really put words to paper and figure out what fears are there, what beliefs are behind those fears, et cetera, so you can face them head on. I've said this before in other episodes, and I will put some links in some episodes that I think will help you with the fears, the doubts, the uncertainty, all of that, that come when we start to do this into the show notes. So please go check those out as well. So ask yourself, okay, what are all of my options, all the options. And yes, you can start with the one that seems most obvious to you, the this is the only way, right? 
but then say, look, what are the other options? There are other options. I may not like the results. It's okay if I don't like the results. I don't have to choose them. But what are the other options here? What else could be? What have I seen others do who I admire, who I feel like they're extra brave? They've done things I wish I could do. Remind yourself of that and list all of the options. And then go down each one and say, okay, what could happen that's good if I took that road? And list it out. You're going to go through pros and cons here, okay? Start with the good. What could happen if I took that road? What's the good here? Then go through what could potentially go wrong. And how would I deal with it if that happened? This is where our mind doesn't like to go. It talks about all the potential wrong that could happen, but it doesn't allow you to like figure out, oh, but I could deal with that. Here's how I could deal with that. So you actually ask the question. Again, ask the question correctly and your mind will allow it to go there. So what could potentially go wrong and how could you deal with it? And then you make a choice. And again, you might go make the choice that was your default. This is the only way. But I guarantee as you start to do this more, it will open you up to making decisions you're much more aligned with and content with. And sometimes that's not going to be the default. Oftentimes it may not be the default. It will also be something that you didn't consider a choice, something that you thought, oh, that's too risky, something that had a little bit of, you know, butterflies in the stomach. And yet you'll do it anyway and you'll learn from it and you'll gain from it, and you'll end up somewhere better for it. All right, before I let you go, a quick note. If you are ready to see all of your options in full, and then choose according to what you want, and are honestly tired of feeling emotionally exhausted because you're not making those decisions, there is such a thing as indecision fatigue. You've got all these things in the back of your head, wishing you could do them, but not making decisions on them and you're tired of that, then I invite you to book a call with me to chat about how I can help. You do not have to be stuck. You can start creating the career, the practice, the life you want. And I'm telling you now, you do have what it takes. I will include a link on how to book a call with me in the show notes. That is it for today. We will be talking again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life & Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow and or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life & Law, including the Life & Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.